news update. A new week of training camp for the National Football League, but some old stories persist. Andrew Luck will not practice at all this week. He remains out with that calf injury, something that has lingered since the offseason and one that may hurt his chances to be ready for the regular season. According to NFL PR representative Brian McCarthy, Antonio Brown is in fact in, quote, breach of contract for not playing with a league-sanctioned helmet. If Brown were to step on the field, he could be fined for that result. Duke Johnson won't play in Saturday's pre season game against the Lions for the Houston Texans. He's dealing with a hamstring issue. And in Major League Baseball, the Yankees may get some reinforcement soon. Luke Voigt to begin hitting on Tuesday. He's dealing with a sports hernia. Dylan Batances is during bullpen sessions. He's coming back from a shoulder issue. And Luis Severino is nearing live BP. I'm Dan Straffin. This has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome you inside Studio 34. This is the BFFs here on the Fantasy Sports Network. He is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's happening? Frankie, what's going on, man? Happy Monday to you. Hasn't really been the happiest Monday for you so far, but EY and myself will try our best to cheer you up. I appreciate that. Eric Young, what's going on with you, my man? Uh, another week, boys. Getting closer to the season. First week of preseason's down. I've watched about half of the games because I'm a psychopath and uh, couldn't be happier about it. Absolutely love it. Love this time of year. It's the best. I got my uh, my first two major drafts of the year are both this Sunday, including our GST draft, Frank, which I'm in charge of, which is exciting. Okay. And, Don't remind me. And uh, I got my home auction, so I want to do some auction stuff on this Friday. You, I'll do a little bit of an auction show, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah, so that's what's going on. Just imagine me scouring around Poland for Wi-Fi, Greg. It's not that hard. You can find Wi-Fi pretty <laughs> Somebody easy. give me Wi-Fi. Greg's in control of my team. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Gosh. Let's go. What pick do we have again? 10, 11? We should probably know what pick we have. Yeah, it's 10, Greg. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going uh, to be a lot of fun. How was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was pretty eventful. I went to Maria Marino's birthday, so shout yes, out to Maria. Yes, I am so frustrated that I missed that. I was... I'm sure it's a blast. Yeah, you went to go see Hootie and the Blowfish. I did. How was that? Nope. <laughs> True story. Uh, uh, Kinga asked if you were coming out on Saturday because yeah. she was coming as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, no, Greg's going to see Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh-huh. She said, who's that? Who? Yeah. So I had to play her a few songs, and then it was stuck in my head for the rest of the day. Of course it was. It oh, was... I want to be with you. Heard that and That was my Saturday. I also celebrated my six-year anniversary, so that was great. Uh, and then watched a little SummerSlam yesterday, Greg. That's great, man. That, that, that's awesome. Eli, how's your weekend, buddy? It was good, man. Healing up. Uh, I missed the SummerSlam festivities, as you guys know. I'm, yep. uh, I'm on the men, but uh, should be back soon, um, and uh, we'll see what happens. 
100%. We got to get you back uh, on the men and get you ready to rock soon enough. But while you are mending up, I know you have been nonstop getting into fantasy football. So let's dive in here. Last week, we hit on the quarterbacks. Last week, we hit on the running backs. This week... Let's get into the wide receivers. And let's begin uh, at the top. I know I don't want to spend over amounts of time or abundance amount of time uh, on these top wide receivers because we've, we've done a lot of that. But we're trying to compare uh, as much as possible, make some changes as we go on. So let's start in this top tier. For me, I have three guys as my top tier, although I, I kind of have it as really a uh, top six. For me, you probably have that as a top seven. Um, I probably shouldn't change that. But anyway, the point is, in my opinion, it goes whatever order I, I don't I. I can't fault you either way. But I have a DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones. Frank, I know you have Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones. That is correct. And EY, for you, I think Julio Jones is your number one. No, DeAndre is uh, my number one still, then Julio, okay, gotcha. then Devontae Adams. All right, so same three guys, all right there. Is there anything pulling you towards having Devontae number one, or is it just really a toss-up for you? Uh, I think it is a toss-up. I think, you know, you can ask again, like, we have three different people on the show. It wouldn't surprise me if we got three different answers on who the number one wide receiver was this year. I'm just looking at touchdowns, Greg, and volume, especially in the red zone, and that's been the case for Devontae Adams over the past three seasons. Leads the entire NFL in red zone targets and receiving touchdowns. He's had at least... 10-plus touchdowns in three straight years. So because of his usage in the red zone and the fact that his target share overall has gone up each of the past three seasons, I trust Devontae Adams as my number one wide receiver with a healthy Aaron Rodgers. Understandably but I think so. You, you can go any way, honestly, man. Like, yeah. Eli, better being back there with Julio Jones, I mean, definitely. I think that helps as well. So let's go over to EY. EY, why do you have Julio Jones over Devontae Adams? Uh, I just believe in the Atlanta offense, uh, Dirk Cutter going back there. Um, I feel they're going to throw the ball, them playing indoors on 13 weeks. That's a, that's a big one. Matt Ryan has been unbelievable when he plays indoors. All their home games are indoors, and a good chunk of their away games are in domes as well. So, And Julio Jones, uh, he's just he's a once-in-a-lifetime type of athlete, and I believe uh, Emmett, uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling and Jerome Allison are going to pull targets away from from Devontae Adams. Not that he's bad, just I'm going to have Julio over him. Yeah, and this is something that we talk about a lot with these early round picks that, you know, when we're trying to split hairs, it sounds like you're talking negatively about those players, but you have to find certain edges and reasons why you rank a Julio Jones higher than a Devontae Adams. So I hear what EY is saying, and, and that's perfectly fine. Like, I don't think he's wrong either. But when we're talking about the top players here, you have to split hairs. And, you know... You could probably say something similar about DeAndre Hopkins this year, right? Uh, assuming that Kiki QT is healthy, that if we all like Will Fuller and we all like Kiki QT, then you know maybe they take some targets away from DeAndre Hopkins. He's still going to be a target beast, but when we're talking about the best of the best, Greg, and using our first-round picks on these wide receivers, you have to split hairs and ultimately... You know, that's it sounds like we're talking negatively about those players, but ultimately we really do like all three of these wide receivers. You just have to present reasons for why you have one of them ranked higher than the other. And I just mentioned the reasons why I like Devontae Adams the best. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins for me at number one. It's that we've seen him with bad quarterback play. We've seen him with great quarterback play. We've seen him inside the red zone. We've seen him all over the field. I The only reason I have Devontae Adams is one spot below is just that concussion history that made me a little bit nervous. DeAndre Hopkins hasn't really had that injury issue. Uh, one bad shot across the middle by Devontae Adams, and I could see him being done for a while. Same with Julio Jones and that foot. I recognize he's played 15 or 16 games just the last three years, but but 
I'm trying to split hairs. The only way to do that is I have to find little negative things about these guys. But for me, it's DeAndre Hopkins, number one, the touchdown prowess of Devontae Adams, number two, followed by Julio Jones at number three. We all have the same top three. We're all splitting hairs just a little bit, but that's how I break it down. D-Hop had off-season shoulder surgery, Greg. He seems Keep fine that now. In mind. He seems fine. I'm now. sure he's fine. There you go. All right. Splitting hairs. Those are the top three. Now let's get into four through seven because that's where my next little tier is. We'll break those guys down on the other side. This is the BFF's Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. BFFs, Frank Stanfield, Eric Young, and Greg Sussman all hanging out with you. Unrelated, I texted these guys right before the show. Sonny Michelle, nonstop, number one guy in the depth chart. Not a surprise. For now. For now. As long as those knees hold up, Greg. There's a couple of running backs that are really rising for me at the moment. You can't be the number one running back if you're on crutches, so let's keep that in mind. There's a couple of running backs that have been rising for me, and that's not like in the Sonny Michelle, Chris Carson. One guy that I want to even inch up further a little bit, I know this is the wide receiver show, but Dalvin Cook... Dalvin Cook can stay healthy. He's going to have a monster year. Yeah, it all comes down to health for him. Like, there's no doubting how talented of a player I he is. I kind of want to put him ahead of Joe Mixon. And I'm nice? pretty sure EY has been in that camp all along that he's been a big Dalvin Cook supporter. Like, once you get into that second-round range of running backs, and again, we're going to talk about wide receivers on today's show, but you know, to bring it up. Jim said it best on Friday when we were doing the draft special. He said uh, it's like the quicksand tier because it's like everything about those running backs in the round two, like round three range, like they all have upside. There's no doubt about it. But every running back has something that's a knock on them. Like Dalvin Cook has missed a ton of games his first two years. Joe Mixon, questionable Bengals offense and offensive line. Todd Gurley has the arthritis in his knees. Nick Chubb has Kareem Hunt coming back, you know, the second half of the season. You can point out any running back in that round two, round three range, probably even the first round range too, and you're going to be able to find a knock on those running backs. So again, you have to ask yourself who has the highest upside. Dalvin Cook does have some Pretty tantalizing upside in that early second round range. Yeah, I'm getting excited as as people are rising Nick Chubb off the dra- off their draft boards. The more and more I read and look at Dalvin Cook and what he's doing, I think he could just be in store for a monstrous, monstrous season. Another player that I think is going to be in store for a monstrous, monstrous season is Juju Smith Schuster, who I have officially moved up to my number four overall wide receiver. Uh, I have my next four guys ranked as Juju Smith Schuster, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham Jr., and then Tyreek Hill. Frank, how did you, those four uh, shake? out for you. I have those as my next four as well, but not in that order. I have Juju as the fourth wide receiver off the board as well. Then Michael Thomas. The only difference is I have Tyreek Hill one spot ahead of Odell Beckham Jr. And I put out a poll before the show, Greg, because it seems like that number four wide receiver might be different for almost everybody this year. And 46% of the vote is going towards Michael Thomas. So I think a lot of people just, they want to know what they're going to get from that late first, early second round pick. They're their number one wide receiver. Michael Thomas I don't think he has as much upside as Juju Smith-Schuster, but there's no doubting how safe he is. I mean, we've now seen that for each of his first two seasons that he's been in the league. He hasn't finished lower than wide receiver seven each of those two years. So you know what you're getting when it comes to Michael Thomas. Me personally, 
I have Juju ranked one spot higher because I do think that the upside is better with the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. How do you rank the next four wide receivers on your board here, EY? Yeah, I got uh, Juju or uh, or Odell, Juju, Mike Evans, Michael Thomas. All right, so there's the big difference for EY is that Mike Evans slips into his next four and Tyreek Hill does not. How come? I, I trust Evans more than Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek Hill is a very slight player. Um, he plays like a lunatic, catches the ball over the place, takes big hits. Plus, he's a dumb idiot. So <laughs> that's uh, it. Be I mean he could be suspended again at any time. I feel the other the suspension that he somehow avoided is still going to come back and haunt him at some point, uh, or or something new, and they'll take that into consideration. So it just worries me that kind of stuff. Um, yes, he's an unbelievable player. Um, unbelievable wide receiver, but Mike Evans, I believe, in Arians' offense is going to be the touchdown maker, and I think they're going to score a bunch. They're going to have to because their defense is awful. Mike Evans had the quietest 1,500-yard season. Yep. Absolutely. Like, if you ask a bunch of people who played fantasy football last year if Mike Evans had over 1,500 yards, I guarantee you the majority would say no because they just don't even realize how quiet of a season Mike Evans had last year. He had... 86 receptions, 1,524 yards, and eight touchdowns. I will say this. Chris Godwin actually led the Bucs in red zone targets a season ago, and that was with a limited snap share. He played under 70% of the snaps last year. So I do think that when they get to that part of the field, you know, opposing defenses are looking to try and stop Mike Evans and O.J. Howard. It's kind of similar to the Julio Jones situation in Atlanta, and I think that's going to create a lot of red zone targets and opportunities for Chris Godwin. Speaking of Chris Godwin... You know, the first preseason game on Friday with the first team offense, he, he scored a red zone touchdown. So uh, I think it's relevant to bring that up right now. But given Mike Evans's frame and the way that he plays the game, I mean, he's one of the better contested catch players in the NFL. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if he gets over, you know, double-digit touchdowns this season in that Bruce Arians-led offense with the Tampa Bay Bucks. I really like Mike Evans. I just think the combination of floor and safety – Floor and upside might be a little bit better for players going just ahead of him in Tyree Kill and Odell Beckham. I tend to agree. Mike Evans is my number eight wide receiver. As you said, the quietest 1,500 yards I think you'll see. And it all should be better, I think, for Mike Evans. But we've seen that floor be kind of low and kind of frustrating. And I think Mike Evans has been inconsistent at times. We have seen inconsistency from him on a year-to-year basis. Last year, we saw, you know, he finally uh, had a manageable catch rate. So the efficiency got a lot better. That's why you saw... Uh, the yards went way up. Uh, but what I really like about the Bucks pass catchers this year, I like all of them this year, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and O.J. Howard, is that, to me, the target concentration for the Bucks this year is so evident. It's obvious. Like, there's three top-tier players in this offense. And, you know, we've heard some rumblings about, like, Justin Watson in camp as potentially their slot-wide receiver. Uh, but when it comes to Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber, do we really expect those guys to get a ton of targets in this offense? My answer would be No. So if you're looking at the Bucks throwing the ball over 600 times this year, it's going to be very possible for Mike Evans to get 160-plus targets, for Chris Godwin to get 120-plus targets, and O.J. Howard himself to get even 100 targets as well. So that's why I really do like the Bucks passing attack this year. Love that concentration of just really there's three main targets on that offense, Greg. Yeah, fair enough. And we'll see if Bruce Arians can get the best out of his pieces in this offense. We'll get to Chris Godwin a little bit later on. Uh, O.J. Howard probably later on this week. Now, those are your top... Do you want to tell people why we have Juju Smith-Schuster as the fourth overall wide receiver? Or do you think it's just obvious at this point? No, I think it's fair to say because EY doesn't. Um, Yeah. So... 
Juju Smith-Schuster, for me, the reason I just moved him up to number four is... Is it because Judy loves Juju Smith-Schuster? It is not because Judy <laughs> names her team as Juju Sus-Cooker. No. Um, it is because I look at what the Pittsburgh Steelers have done traditionally and historically. And it's the same reason I like James Conner so much, and it's the same reason that I have Juju as number four. Because maybe this is crazy. I expect Juju to be Antonio Brown. And maybe not to the highest level of Antonio Brown, but Ben Roethlisberger is going to rely on him in this offense. We've seen him be a playmaker, and now there's nobody standing in his way for targets, for receptions, and for touchdowns. He is going to be Big Ben's number one option on every single play. You saw what he did last year as a number two option. He can only get better as a number one. Now, we have seen at times, Tyler Boyd being a really good example of this, is that when you want a number one wide receiver on the other side of the field, you don't need that with Juju Smith-Schuster, as we saw when Antonio Brown missed games last year. Juju has done everything, and the only reason I have him uh, above Michael Thomas is because Pittsburgh is going to throw the ball more than New Orleans is. I'm not saying Juju's better than Michael Thomas, because I don't know that he is, but I do know that they're going to throw the ball more, which for fantasy purposes makes him a better option. This is the perfect combination of talent plus opportunity. That's a lot of what we talk about when it comes to fantasy football. There's no doubting Juju Smith-Schuster is one of the most talented wide receivers in the game. And then the opportunity, the volume here, as Greg mentioned it, last year the Pittsburgh Steelers were the first, number one in the NFL in terms of pass attempts, 689, while the New Orleans Saints were all the way down at 23rd in pass attempts. Their pass attempts in terms of Drew Brees and the Saints have gone down each of the past three seasons as their rushing attack has become more effective as their defense has begun to play better. So I'm looking at the same things you are, Greg, the fact that there's more passing volume involved with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the fact that they have to replace 168 targets, 104 receptions, nearly 1,300 yards, and 15 touchdowns in this offense that is left behind from Antonio Brown. I mentioned this during our Steelers preview as well. I'll mention it once again. Over the past two seasons, three games that Antonio Brown has missed, Juju Smith-Schuster's lines in those games have been Five for 37 and one, six for 75 and one, nine for 143 and one. I'm not worried about him seeing the opposing team's best cornerback. Plus, he plays the majority of his snaps, 57% of his snaps last year in the slot. Opposing teams, number one corners, typically do not travel into the slot. I'm with you 100%, Greg. I have Juju Smith Schuster as my fourth ranked wide receiver. I don't mind taking him as a late first round pick. Yeah, absolutely not. I don't mind taking Juju. In fact, I don't really mind taking any of these guys as a late first-round pick. These seven receivers for me, eight if you want to include Mike Evans, are safe. I feel great about them as my number one guy. Because after that, I think there's more and more question marks as if you want a guy as your number one. So let's get into those players. Let's get into players nine and later. Because it's not so easy anymore. We'll break that down next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back with you, BFFs, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
2019-2020 NFL season is here with another slate of games this Thursday. You can become the eighth person to win a million bucks in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by sending their lineups using DailyRoto.com's DFS lineup optimizer. Become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS using DailyRoto.com. If you're playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Head on over and check out the tools for NFL, MLB, PGA, NBA, NHL, and sports wagering, or get access to all of them with the DailyRoto Elite Package. Enter the promo code Action for a 10% discount. You'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, and use of the same Daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings. That's DailyRoto.com. The promo code is Action. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. The promo code is Action. EY, I went back to the wide receivers, but I have to bring this up to you. Because Frank and I are having this. Uh, Frank and I are having this conversation off the air. Where would you take Ezekiel Elliott right now? I still got him num- my number one. Okay. Right. So if you had I'm a draft not, not today, that. EY, you had a draft today. Yep. You have the first overall pick. You're taking Ezekiel Elliott. Yes. All right. All right. So Put his money where his mouth is. Frank, so we have a draft on Sunday where we have 10th, and Frank's like, I don't think we should take him. And I'm like, we're taking him. <laughs> if, it just sounds crazy, right, to like not consider Zeke. It's just, as somebody who was burned by Le'Veon Bell last year, I've admittedly become wary, more wary of these situations when it comes to uh, running backs that are holding out. And we've seen this in the past, too, not just with holdouts. You know, Greg, like, it's if players typically miss training camp, they get off to slow starts in the regular season. We saw that with Le'Veon Bell two years ago, where I think it was like the first two weeks of the season, he didn't have Le'Veon Bell-type weeks because he basically missed all of training camp. So, especially for running backs, like, I understand he knows the offense. Well, does he know the offense? It's a new offense now with the Dallas Cowboys. Sure. So, obviously, we would we would like for him to be there, but... I was doing a best ball draft last night, and I started, I'm starting to see Zeke slip a little bit. People are getting nervous about the holdout. I saw him go seventh overall last night. That was the latest I've seen him go yet. I'm really interested in the, the price um, in the auction, right? Like, I have this auction Sunday night. Like, that's really interesting, yeah. That's going to be really, really interesting. Because I believe- imagine those other top three running backs probably go for, what, 50-plus? No, they're, 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 they're going to be $60 players. 60 bucks. Yeah, they're going to be $60 players. Yeah. If Ezekiel Elliott's going for the low 50s, like, how do I not get in on that? I mean, it's it's the risk versus reward. I mean, you got to make sure you get guys like uh, Alfred Morris or Tony Pollard to back him up. Which yeah, I saw Jerry Jones sounds nonsense quotes on Tony Pollard this weekend. Yeah, of course. It's it's all uh, you know it, they're playing back and forth right now with each other. It's like a cat and mouse game, right? It's exactly now. what it is. I yeah. still believe this thing will get done, uh, and Zeke will be there. All right, let's get back into the wide receivers here, gentlemen. And as we said, there's a pretty clear top eight. I don't really think there's much of a debate on that. And it's after the top eight where you have some question marks. Because for me, I have this tier with Keenan Allen and T.Y. Hilton and really up until today, Antonio Brown. And I'm not really sure what to do about Antonio Brown. Coming into today's show, Brown was my ninth ranked wide receiver uh, for the Oakland Raiders here. And yet, this helmet nonsense, this foot nonsense, him being nuts, to be perfectly honest with you, has me very, very concerned. Frank, as you know, I was the guy last year that wanted nothing to do with any single Oakland Raider on my team. Like, I didn't want Amari Cooper. I didn't want Marshawn Lynch. I didn't want to deal with the Oakland Raiders. And I think I was probably right about that. I'm not saying I don't want any Oakland Raiders now because I think Josh Jacobs is really interesting, although I think the stock's a little bit down. My, my stock in Josh Jacobs is a little bit farther down than it was probably a little while ago. I agree with you. But with Antonio Brown, like, this seems like, no pun intended, a headache waiting to start. Why get involved in that when there are two other players, Keenan Allen and T.Y. Hilton in particular, that I feel really comfortable with? 
this is so ridiculous, man. It's, you know, whether it's all for hard knocks, it's part of a show, whatever they want it to be. I mean, what's going on right now with Antonio Brown, you couldn't have asked for a more disastrous start to a new career with a new team than Antonio Brown's so far with the Oakland Raiders. On Friday, we saw uh, Mike Silver on Twitter put out a crazy thread of everything that's been going on with Antonio Brown, basically since he has joined the Oakland Raiders, to you know this, this frostbite with his feet and the, all these issues with the helmet. He wants to wear the helmet that he has wear, uh, worn for the first nine seasons of his pro career, and they're apparently changing the NFL helmet this year because it's supposed to be safer, and Antonio Brown doesn't want to wear it. So he has like these grievances with the NFL. It's caused a rift between him and the Oakland Raiders. Apparently, he's not paying attention during team meetings. He's like on Instagram. He's loafing around. He's not paying attention. I don't want to deal with it. I just don't want to deal with it. Like This is a guy who was going in the middle of the second round during drafts, basically the past month. He's starting to slip a little bit. I've lowered him in my rankings. I, I originally had him in that tier with Mike Evans at the back end of that tier. As of now, today, if I'm drafting... I'm taking Keenan Allen ahead of Antonio Brown in that late second round range, and I'm going to start to consider other wide receivers as well for the reasons you mentioned, Greg. I I want to wash my hands of this situation. Even if the volume is there, no matter how talented Antonio Brown is, this is a very, very frustrating situation. If two weeks from now he's in camp, this will all be a moot point. It won't matter whatsoever. But as of now, everything that's going on with Antonio Brown is completely ridiculous. I don't want to be involved. EY, how do you feel about Antonio Brown? Where are you currently ranking him? And what would you do if you were on the clock right now? I mean, he, he's pretty far down. Not, I mean, for Antonio Brown. I mean, this is a guy that's been drafted first overall in, in drafts in, in the last two or three years before. So, you know, um, but him moving teams uh, with all this stuff, uh, the off-field stuff, the, the helmet stuff, the frostbite, like, I mean, just on and on and on. This, this is a guy that has you know, for the last five years has been a problem. He's a loud mouth. He's a, he, he's a diva. He, he's a, a prototypical number one wide receiver. He's going to say things and do whatever he wants. And we're going to put up with it because of his skill. Like in the end, he's still a top five talent in the NFL, but I think this year is going to be very telling to the, the wide receiver quarterback relationship is like, is Antonio Brown as good as he thinks he is? And everyone thinks he is with a subpar quarterback is Derek Carr. Derek Carr hasn't proven that he's a, he's a good quarterback. He, he, he hasn't done that. He had the one season where he was in the MVP talks, but hasn't done anything since then and has regressed massively. Last year, he was brutal. So, I mean, this year we're going to find out, uh, you know, how good Antonio Brown really is. And the fact that he's not practicing on a new team is scary. So he's, he's really far down. I got Allen, Cooper, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods above him. So, yeah, I mean, I'm probably not going to have him in any draft. Someone's going to take him before I, I get him. We should have known. Once he dyed his mustache blonde, Greg, like, who, what are we doing? Sign. He, he, That's a telltale sign. He, was, he dyed his mustache blonde. I don't mustache know, man. You, you've dyed your hair blonde before. His hair, not, not his mustache. Must, I've not dyed my mustache blonde when Yet. I have Yet. dark hair. It's, you're right. I've, you know, I've done lots of things. <laughs> Someone brought this I up. Can't, to- <laughs> I can't say I'm not going to dye my, my mustache blonde, but I don't really have a mustache. I'm probably not growing one anytime soon, and uh, dyeing it blonde would be very low on my list. Someone brought this up to me last night, Greg, and I said we should have known when Antonio Brown dyed his mustache blonde that clearly there were a few screws loose. And he said, well, what about Hulk Hogan back in the day? He dyed his mustache blonde, and sure. I said, you just proved my point. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you, I can't laugh at that joke. Um, yeah, I can. <laughs> all right. So Antonio. So if Antonio Brown 
or it's going to be lower on all of our lists. Someone just asked in the chat, you're drafting today, A.B. or Chris Godwin? I would take Antonio Brown over Chris Godwin. I, I mean, I really would not want to be in that situation. He won't go that, he won't go that far down. I don't think he will either, but I think the reason why, and I'm just assuming that this person in the chat is asking is because Matt Berry, I think, put that poll out on Friday. You're drafting today. Who do you take, Chris Godwin or A.B.? And Chris Godwin had like 80% of the vote, Craig. Interesting. It's crazy. It's interesting. All right. I mean, the situation is just a wild one, man. It's like, it's not even like a holdout situation. It's a, the guy is pissed off at his helmet and he's got frostbite on his feet. What are we doing, Greg? What are we doing? The helmet thing I don't care about. I think if he wants to wear a helmet that he's worn for nine years, then he should. I mean, the, the fact that the NFL is mandating to wear these certain helmets that they can't prove are better than the other ones is a bunch of nonsense. We've got into this concussion crap before with me. Look, if the guy signs a piece of paper and says, this is the helmet I want to wear, then he should be able to wear whatever helmet he wants. Stupidity. Yeah, look, ultimately, I don't have a problem with him wanting to wear his own helmet, but on the other side of that, like... Holding out of camp? Why is it such a... Yeah, like, why, like causing this much of a commotion and, and a rift between himself and the NFL and the Oakland Raiders on a new team where, you know, you just got paid, you wanted to get out of Pittsburgh, you wanted to be, you know, the focal point of a team's offense, you have that opportunity now, and the reason why you're not showing up and you're causing all this commotion is over a helmet? So I understand what you're saying, but I, I'd say on the other side of the coin, EY, like... It's probably not that big of a deal. Like, it's a helmet. So, ultimately, why don't you get your ass in camp and start playing? But, I mean, the whole frostbite situation with the feet is a whole different situation. No doubt about that. So, you're not taking Antonio Brown as your next wide receiver. As I mentioned for me, the next two guys are Keenan Allen and T.Y. Hilton. And, honestly, I've gone back and forth, like, which order I'm doing that in. I don't really know that they're even numbers in an auction for me. Um, I feel confident with both of them as back-end wide receiver ones. I don't really have a lean. I've, I've switched back and forth like several times at this point. Um, you know I'm a Keenan Allen guy, so I'll have Keenan Allen one spot ahead of T.Y. Hilton, but it's literally that close, Frank. I've lowered T.Y. Hilton to wide receiver 13, and if Andrew Luck were healthy, if he were a quarterback, as EY likes to remind us, and I tweeted this out earlier, drink, that Andrew Luck is going to miss another week of practice. Something is, something is off with this Indianapolis Colts situation. I'm telling you that right now. This Colts Colt, uh, this calf injury has been an issue for a couple of months now, dating back to OTAs, and he's still not practicing. I don't for something care. They're not telling us. I don't care that As Andrew Luck uh, knows this offensive system. He's a veteran. Something is not right with the Colts right now, and because of that, I have lowered T.Y. Hilton in my rankings. I don't care that he's having the best camp of his career. If Jacoby Brissett is throwing him the ball, we have seen how much that limits T.Y. Hilton's upside. I believe it was two years ago when Andrew Luck missed the entire season, Greg, and T.Y. Hilton finished something like wide receiver 26 or wide receiver 28. He was not a top 24 sure, wide receiver. Like, totally. That is legitimately his downside when Andrew Luck is not his quarterback. So I have lowered him a little bit in the rankings. Right now, uh, I would take Keenan Allen and the Vikings wide receivers ahead of him. Ewell, what about you when it comes to these wide receivers, uh, Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, where are they for you? Um. T.Y. Hilton, I mean, I won't have him anywhere. I've got him quite a ways down because okay. of the Andrew Luck thing. Like like, like Frank just said, like if Jacoby Brissett is, and listen to me right now, look in my eyes, Jacoby Brissett is the starting quarterback for the Colts. That's it. He's wearing a red thing. He's not practicing. He, Mikey's wide receiver. Keenan Allen are next. 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Decisions, decisions. It's that time of the year, folks. Frank and I, during every break, we're just going over it, man. Going over in our head, over and over. It's so funny because legitimately last Thursday, I think, we sat down. Maybe it wasn't last Thursday. It was two Thursdays ago. Where we sat down in our, in our control room downstairs. We're like, all right, we got a plan. Boom, done. We'll take... I mean, I know how this works out best for us, Frank. Works up best, we just get James Conner in the first round and we don't have to worry about anything. Yeah, and then we just get a really good wide receiver in round two. And we're all in agreement with That'd that. That'd be great. Like, that, like, we're all on the same page close enough on that. And again, the GST, this is the draft that we're talking about. It's an interesting draft because we're splitting the team amongst three people. Yeah. It's me, it's Greg, and it's Michael Florio. So, I mean, there are you can run into issues just having two owners on a team, let alone three. I mean, it changes things. I, I feel like we don't really have any Most issues. of the time, we're, 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 we're on the We're same pretty page. good. Um, until but we get to like we the do, middle round, we do have decisions. Yeah, so if James Conner would be is there, that'd consen- be great. He's consensus. Like, there's no he's consensus for all of us. Yeah, be perfectly fine with that. So him or Lev Bell. Yeah, totally. Get that running back, and then all early good. round two. So we get a wide receiver. Basically, we just need Julio off the board. Julio goes off the board. We win. Which in a full PPR, why not? At pick ten, he might already be gone. Should I just trade down one spot with Ventura? Just give him Julio. See what we can get out of it. There's no trading in this league. No trade. You can't even. You could probably trade draft slots. We'll talk, Ventra. I know Ventra loves I'm Greg Sussman, and I got a deal for you. <laughs> we'll chat. All right. Um, let's continue the wide receiver conversation. And we left off uh, EY talking about T.Y. Hilton not being able to trust and rely on him because of Andrew Luck. And that's fine. That's true. And Frank was in the same, same camp there. I think it's fair. But after that, Frank, you mentioned the Minnesota guys, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. Uh, after, right in the mix here uh, with Keenan Allen. EY, I wanted to give you an opportunity to opine on those three players, Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, and Stephon Diggs. Yeah, Keenan Allen is a guy that I've liked for a long time. I think the San Diego offense is going to be approved from what they were last year, even though they were a great offense last year. I think they'll be even better. Uh, Mike Williams, I think, will, will, will step up, having Hunter Henry back to, to – um, catch balls in the middle of the field, stretch the stretch the middle of the field, and and open it up for underneath routes for Mike Williams and goal line as well. So uh, Keenan Allen, a guy that I love, I have him right after Tyreek Hill, and and I would think about maybe even taking Allen before him. Diggs and Thielen, I've got them quite a ways down my board uh, because I think the Minnesota Vikings want to run the ball. I th- I believe in Delvin Cook. I know we, you guys talked about him a little bit earlier. I believe in him. If he gets hurt, then, then things are going to change. But right now, he's healthy. He's the starting running back. And they showed last year when they switched uh, when they switched coordinators that they want to run the ball. They're 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 going to become a running team. Kirk Cousins went from throwing the ball like I think it was like thirty five or thirty six times a game to twenty five to twenty six times a game. And and. Like, look, that's just going to limit your production. You're, go- you're going to catch less balls. You're going to have less opportunity. And, and that's going to affect Diggs and Thielen. And the fact that you got two all-pro receivers there, I think, it, I mean, it's just what game do you want to start which one? Because it's going to go back and forth. 
So I'm really glad you brought that running game up here because I was reading J.J. Zacharyson's uh, article earlier today, 10 players you should be avoiding in fantasy football drafts. It's over on the num- same one on the way in. It's over on number fire, and I think he did a really good job uh, speaking to Adam Thielen. So I originally had him right after the Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hill, and Antonio Brown tier. He was my number, or is my number, 12 wide receiver overall. Because this image that I have from him last year is starting off with eight consecutive 100-yard games, being an absolute beast through that first half of the season, being the number one overall wide receiver in fantasy football during that time period. What I didn't quite remember, because in all honesty, I didn't own Adam Thielen anywhere last year, was his second half. And J.J. did a fantastic job breaking this down because in the first half, he averaged nine receptions a game for 115 yards and basically a touchdown per game. He was targeted 12 times. In the second half last year, you cut those targets in half from 12 to 7. Those receptions in half from 9.3 to 4.9. The reception, the receiving yards in half from 115 to 56. The touchdown percentage, 0.8 to 0.4. The overall fantasy points per game were cut in half for the first half of the second half, 25 to 13. Why does it matter? Because the offensive coordinator in the second half changed. It wasn't just he had a couple of bad games or he faced some tough cornerbacks. The entire offensive scheme, the second half of the year, changed. And as Eric just said, the Vikings want to be a running football team. Mike Zimmer, Kevin Stefanski, they all have said we need to run the football. That means more Dalvin Cook. We're all high on Dalvin Cook. I now have Dalvin Cook. I'm just talking about it on the air and off the air. I'm moving Dalvin Cook all the way up to my number eight or nine running back overall. Ahead of Joe Mixon, ahead of Nick Chubb. Sorry, EY. But... That's Dalvin Cook. If I truly believe they're going to run the football, and I truly believe that there's two really good wide receivers in Minnesota, I can't, in good faith, count on Adam Thielen like I was really just a few hours ago when you look at it like this. Yeah, and I thought you laid it out perfectly, Greg, and this is now two years in a row where he has faded in the second half of seasons. I believe he might have been dealing with like a back injury last he was, year. Absolutely. He might have been dealing with that two years in a row now. He was. But it is something to consider that now it's been a trend. It's two years in a row where Thielen has slowed down in the second half, Greg. You mentioned through their bye week, which was week 10 last year, through the first 10 weeks, he was the wide receiver one overall in points per game from week 11 on until the close of the season, week 17. He was wide receiver 28 in fantasy points per game. That was Adam Thielen. That's why if you ask me, Thielen versus Diggs, I would take Stephon Diggs, actually, because in the first 10 weeks, Stephon Diggs was wide receiver 12 overall. From week 11 on, he was wide receiver 11 overall. So from the first half of the season through their bye to the second half of the season, Stephon Diggs was consistently a top 12 wide receiver. And the numbers that you were looking for, specifically, EY, uh, from when John Filippo was the OC versus when Kevin Stefanski was... The first 13 games, Kirk Cousins averaged 40.3 pass attempts per game. The final three games, that went down to 27.3 pass attempts per go. game. So there's a lot less volume in those final three games. I will say this. There were a few blowouts mixed in there. I believe they faced the Miami Dolphins. They like blow the, they blew them out. So game flow was affected. But I mean, also remember- using a three-game sample is... It's a slippery slope no, to go down. No doubt, but also remember, Dalvin Cook was out for a lot of that year. When he came back, yes. they force-fed him the ball. We weren't sure it was going to happen. They did it. They made sure the ball was in Dalvin Cook's hands, and everything on record from every coach and every beat reporter around the Minnesota Vikings is they want to run the ball more. Now, after I say all of this... 
Mike Zimmer's on the hot seat, Greg. That's what it, what it comes down to. He's on the hot seat. He's going to go down the way he wants to run this football team, which is playing defense and running the sure, ball. Sure, but I say all of this about Stephon Diggs and about Adam Thielen just in general. And then I'm like, and, and Eric, I know you have these guys a little farther away down. I'm like, all right, who can I put ahead of them? If I don't trust Minnesota to pass the ball with the efficiency, not efficiency, uh, with the quantity that I'm used to, who could I have ahead of them? And the guys that I have in this mix, like Amari Cooper, they don't pass the ball. So I'm like, all right. Julian Edelman, okay, that's, that's interesting. But like the touchdowns, I trust the Minnesota guys more. And really. the thumb injury right now, too. And the thumb Gotta injury, too, as well with Julian Edelman. Then I go further down, and I get into my Robert Woods, Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin, Brandon Cooks. Are those more sure things than the Minnesota guys? I don't know. Yeah, and it's, that's why it's a fair conversation. In that early to mid-third round range, that's typically where we're seeing these Vikings wide receivers go off the board. And I know... You know, it's easier said than done than to than to actually have this happen, but I would rather have one of these Vikings wide receivers as my wide receiver too. I understand that it's your third round pick, but the way that that happens is you and where are they take going? a running How back in that? round one. Okay. You take a running back with like one of those first six picks. You take a wide receiver in round like two. Keenan Allen. You get like a Mike Evans or a Keenan Allen. And then in, in round three, you're getting a Adam Thielen or a Stephon Diggs or an Amari Cooper. So in that third round range... There are a bunch of different ways to win in fantasy football. I'm not saying that this is the only way. You could start running back, running back, and still take one of these wide receivers as your first wide receiver and then just continue to load up on those breakout guys in rounds four and five. But me personally, I wouldn't want Adam Thielen or Stefan Diggs to be my wide receiver one. Ideally, it's going to happen in certain drafts. I understand that. But the way that I just laid it out, if you go running back in round one, you can end up with like a Mike Evans or a Keenan Allen in round two and then come back around and get one of these Vikings wide receivers as your wide receiver too, going in the third round. Again, for me, if I'm ranking it, I have it. Stephon Diggs is my wide receiver 11 right now. Then Adam Thielen, then Amari Cooper, T.Y. Hilton, and Julian Edelman. That's the end of the of my tier three and the wide receivers that I would consider in the third round. I agree, and those are, I believe, your top 15 wide receivers yes. right there, right? Yeah, so I actually have the same, a little bit different order. I have the same top 15 wide receivers, uh, with Adam Thielen still being one spot higher for me than Stefan Diggs, followed by Julian Edelman, followed by Amari Cooper, uh, to wrap up my top 15. Eric, anything else you want to add on these Vikings wide receivers, or uh, you want to get into Julian Edelman and Amari Cooper? Um, yeah, Amari Cooper I have high. I have him just behind Callen. Uh, Keenan Allen, I think he proved last year stepping into a brand new offense. And look, I, I know that Dallas is, isn't typically a team that's going to throw the ball a whole bunch, um, but I think they'll throw the ball more this year. Um, I think having a couple other wide receivers there to complement him, having Randall Cobb in the slot, even Jason Witten back at tight end, um, it, you know, it could increase that their want to throw and to keep Zeke healthy as well. So uh, Murray Cooper is a guy that I, I've been high on for a long time. He hasn't really paid that off uh, in a long time until the end of the year last year with Dallas, and he was up and down, but but I, I believe in him this year. I, I really like him this year. My only problem with Amari Cooper is that if Ezekiel Elliott does return, it's again, it's going to have to be the quality of targets. You need those percentage to be in the red zone. You need big games, and I don't know that you're going to have the consistency that you need from Amari Cooper to rank him ahead of some of these other guys. Yeah, Amari Cooper, there's no doubt about it. In his career, he has been the model of inconsistency. No I doubt. realize a lot of that has been with the Oakland Raiders, but we saw some of that inconsistency last year with the Dallas Cowboys as well. I will say this, that once he joined the Cowboys... 
their percentage of explosive plays and their pass percentage did go up once Amari Cooper joined the team. I don't dislike him. I, I like Amari Cooper in that third round range. I just personally trust the Vikings wide receivers a little bit more. We've now seen them do it, each of them do it, uh, the past two years in a row, and they've done so a little bit more consistently than someone like Cooper was. I'll piggyback off EY was say, uh, what EY was saying, and I'll break down Julian Edelman a little bit here. Him and James White were the only two pass catchers for the Patriots last year that had 20-plus red zone targets. And consider this, Julian Edelman missed the first four games of the season and still had 20 red zone targets last year. And he's actually someone throughout his career, if you look at his in and out split versus when Rob Gronkowski has been on the field versus when he is not, Julian Edelman's targets, receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns per game all go up. It would not surprise me one bit if Julian Edelman had a career year in terms of touchdowns. I know that's not normally a part of his game, but look at the the Patriots' pass catchers right now. Who else are they going to trust in the red zone outside of James White and Julian Edelman? Yes, Nikhil Harry is a big body, but he is a rookie wide receiver in the Patriots' offense. And when it comes to tight ends, they have Matt Lacoste. They're eventually going to have Ben Watson back. I think that Tom Brady is going to go to the players he trusts most. That is going to be James White and Julian Edelman. So again... It wouldn't surprise me if Julian Edelman scores eight plus touchdowns this year for the New England Patriots. I know, you know, we're not used to seeing that out of Edelman, but we have to project forward. And this is an offense that we're now projecting without Gronkowski. I think that means more targets for Julian Edelman. Totally agree with you. Julian Edelman's going to have to step up. That's why I really like James White as well this year for New England. Just the trusted sources uh, for the Patriots. Now, I'm not saying Akil Harry uh, can't be a breakout candidate for this Patriots team. We'll get to him uh, probably at tomorrow's show. Um, but I, I think the Patriots, the known commodities, are what we should trust. Okay, those are the fifth, first 15 wide receivers for us. I'd like to get into the next tier that, for me, Frank, takes us to number 22. I know you write it down by rounds. It's a little bit different. But my next tier is 16 to 22. And breaking this down, it includes three players from the same team. That is correct. And uh, I have a good feeling uh, I could predict what team that is. For me, this tier goes from uh, 16 to 25. And it's all wide receivers that I would consider in rounds four and five. Okay, so we'll get into those guys. We're going to go into the action hour with this because I think we're having a really good conversation. I think we're uh, helping people out. That's, that's my goal is to help each other out. We're learning. I'm, I'm constantly adjusting rankings as we talk and helping you guys out too. So stick with us. We have three questions in three minutes and we'll continue the conversation here with 16 through 22 for me, 16 through 35. Find out all those guys. 25, we'll the, Greg, not 35. We'll get into the top 20 wide receivers next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It's awesome to look at your fantasy baseball team and you have three players playing and three home runs. Yeah, we were just going over the pronunciation of uh, Santander. Yes, Anthony Santander. Something that uh, definitely interests Eric Young. No doubt about it. Yeah, tell me more about this fake sport. Anthony Santander. That's who you were looking for. All right, um, let's talk about a real sport, professional wrestling. Um, mostly about football instead. <laughs> EY, your first, segue, Greg. your first question. Which Rams wide receiver do you have ranked the highest? 
Uh, Cooks. Brandon Cooks. How much higher do you have him than uh, Cup and Woods? One above Woods, and then Woods is one above Cup, and that's how I have him right now. Back to back to back right now. Uh, yeah. Cooks, Woods, Cup for EY. Frank, same question to you. How do you rank these Rams wide receivers? I have it ranked Cooks, Woods, Cup as well. I have Brandon Cooks as my next wide receiver up after Edelman, wide receiver 16. Robert Woods, one spot behind Brandon Cooks at wide receiver 17. And then I have Cooper Cup at wide receiver 23. So he's inside this tier. Wouldn't mind taking him in this fourth, fifth round range. Uh, But there are a few other players also going around here that I think have more upside. So that's why I have Cooper Cup a little bit lower. For me, I have it ranked Robert Woods, who's my next wide receiver here at number 16. Uh, Brandon Cooks, a couple of spots later. Uh, And then 22 in this tier for me uh, is Cooper Cup. The reason I have Woods ahead is that consistency to me is just unmatched. What you read the stat a couple of weeks ago, Frank, all those games of 70 plus yards or a touchdown, uh, these four or five catches in every single game. You can't predict which games, which Rams wide receivers are going to go off, but the one that I think is going to give you the most consistent production, I think, is probably Robert Woods. But I don't mind like having two of these guys on my team. I started two all year last year in the league. Yeah, and last year they both finished, uh, Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks, they both finished inside the top 13 in fantasy points uh, at the wide receiver position. So you want to talk about duos? I mean, there's a legitimate trio here that can both finish top, all three finish top 20 wide receivers, but we were just talking about the Vikings and how we both, I have two of those guys ranked inside my top 12. Well, it's because of they both finished inside the top 12, and then the same thing could be said for Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks, both of those guys finishing inside the top third, 13. Obviously, you lower them a little bit because Cooper Cups, Cooper Cup missed half the season, and he's going to be back, take some targets away. Uh, but overall, all three of these guys should be viewed as top 24 wide receivers. Let's continue the conversation in regards to these Rams wide receivers when we return to BFFs. <laughs> 